All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. And joining me is Michelle Radley. Michelle, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Awesome. Well, definitely appreciate your patience in uh, some of the reschedules and also just like the last 30 minutes of me trying to figure out how to do basic IT. That was uh, hotly embarrassing. But um, I guess we'll just kind of get started. Um, this this could go really fast or maybe we can go into all kinds of tangents. Uh, I noticed that you like answered all the questions already. So um, I guess thanks for doing that, but you did not have to. <laughs> um, but we'll just go ahead and begin. Uh, where are you and uh let's see where are you now and where did you grow up we'll start with that one uh right now i'm still in new york i mean i guess you can i call it upstate new york it's basically i'm a little bit outside the capital of new york in albany so it's i haven't gone very far i grew up a little bit outside of it and I I try to stay where I grew up. I'm more of a country person. I don't belong in the city, so I stay I stay as far away as possible. <laughs> uh, why is that? Feel I'm asking. Just not not the. I think I'm just I'm used to quiet and not really having much for neighbors, so it's just it's peaceful to me. And off-street parking is always nice. Off-street parking, like just in a in a yard, or not having to worry yeah, about. Yeah, in, in a driveway, I don't have to worry about parallel parking anywhere. Oh God, yeah. No, I definitely agree with you on that one. I I can't stand LA for that reason. Just like I've seen people like you only get to park by your house. Like, you just have to be lucky if there's space there. I don't know how people live like that. Um, yeah, I don't. I would not want to have to do work to find a parking spot even remotely close to where I live. So what's the what's the town called? I went went at Skill. Yeah, I live in Wine and Skill. I grew up in Averill Park. It might be twenty minutes outside of the city of Albany. So it's not, I mean it's not far, but it's far enough. Gotcha. Do you do you go into is it is Albany like I go into town for you guys like that's the I guess like um is it the major city for you guys? That is the biggest city for for me anyway. Either Albany or Troy. I go to Albany for work, but I mean I have a grocery store maybe ten minutes from me. Gotcha. So once you're home, you're just you're set. You're not really going to town for much, other than work and the necessities. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if it's if it's just me, but usually you just assume everyone is New York, New York City, and there's there's nothing else to it except you've got like you know Buffalo, Buff, Buffalo, Jesus, Buffalo, and Albany, and um, other other cities and towns like Rochester. So I'm trying to trying to remember. There's more to New York than just the city. Do you ever get yeah, that at all? Yeah, I feel like you tell someone you're from New York and they just automatically assume you're from the city. Right. They forget that there's the whole rest of the state, not just the little bit down on the bottom. Yeah, what so curious, um what, what do you think of when you hear Arizona? 
all I think of is like desert. Desert. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all we got. Um, we definitely have like some really nice areas up north, but for the most part, uh, it's pretty dead on. Have you, have you ever been out here? I have not yet. No, I was trying to get out there to play some dodgeball, but I never made it. Well, definitely don't want to come out here anytime soon. It's insanely hot out here. Um, usually, premier and, and the tournaments kind of kick off towards the March time frame. That's that's usually about when you want to come down. But I um, guess we can kind of go into that. So um, usually the next question is, what team do you currently play for? And um, I guess we can kind of just, if you don't mind, you know, rehashing these answers, I'll, I'll kind of just follow along with you as you as you um, respond to them. But um, you want to go ahead and address that one? Um, I currently don't have a set team. I was kind of all over the place this year. I actually haven't gotten to play as much as I would like to. I think I played one tournament in Boston. I was able to get out and play with one of my Royale teammates, Amanda. She asked me to play with her in Boston for that round. I was supposed to make it to Atlantic City, and I ended up having work obligations, and I wasn't able to make it. So I don't really have a team this year. I'm kind of just playing it as a free agent and seeing what's out there. I am going to Nationals. I'm already set with a couple teams, mostly cloth. Cause, I mean, that's really my biggest thing right now is cloth. But yeah, I kind of, Royal, Royale kind of went our own ways. We kind of got busy with life and family and some were getting married. So we couldn't really make it work anymore. Maybe sometime down the road will reunite, but everyone's pretty busy with everything right now. I mean, they really, a lot of them really only play if there is a Boston round, so it's tough to get together. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, that's that's crazy just uh, realizing, and I've said this before, I think when I was talking to either Joey or Casey, but even just going to nationals, it's going to be kind of weird for me to, to see who's still around because in my mind, I'm still thinking almost like pre-COVID times and a lot of the teams that I still anticipate seeing aren't going to be there. And um, looking at your response to Royale and just kind of how everybody kind of split off, um, hopefully for good reasons. I mean, I guess getting married is a good reason. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not bad. I mean, yeah. Emily mm-hmm. had a baby. Mackenzie literally just got married two weeks ago. Um, Sammy is like a travel nurse, so she's kind of busy with work and life and stuff like that. Megan is busy working. She sometimes makes it, sometimes she doesn't. So we're kind of all over the place. I think I'm, even though I only played once this year, I'm probably the most consistent as coming to tournaments. Did, um, you, you mentioned Amanda. Um, I, I keep wanting to say Amanda Ashley because of Facebook, but it's Amanda Decker, right? That's her last name? Yeah. She's going to kill me if she married, hears this. Uh, Steven, okay. yeah. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> Just trying to, man, dust off some cobwebs. Um, so that's cool. So she played in the, you said she played in the, in an earlier tournament this year? 
Yeah, she played the Boston round. I mean, Kate, Kate's always there because, I mean, she's on the committee and she does get to play when she's there. So, I mean, she's always there too. So I get to see her. That's always good. Nice. And then I think Jenny Hodge was on that team too, right? Before she moved. Yeah, I mean, even after she moved, she was still coming and playing. Right. But, I mean, after we kind of, I don't, I don't really want to say broken up because we didn't. We just kind of hung up the sneakers temporarily, I guess. Like a little hiatus maybe or just, just a break? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, hopefully it's just a break because, um, yeah, that was a, that was a fun team to, to watch and, and talk about during the recaps and, um, it's funny because you're cycling through some of these names like, oh man, I remember like talking to them in, you know, pre-caps, recaps, interviews, um, crazy that Emily's has a kid now. That's wild. Um, man, life is going by way too fast. Um, so you're kind of free agent for now. You said you are going to nationals. Um, are you playing, obviously women's, are you playing mixed as well? I am playing mixed cloth and I'm actually dabbling in mixed foam and mixed no sting um i'm playing mixed cloth with alfred and the fluffy bunnies is what his team's called of course and i'm playing with the misfits for mixed foam and mixed no sting and i'm playing women's cloth with some of the finesse ladies and a couple others nice It'll be interesting to see how that turns out for you. Um, have you played with anybody from the Misfits before? I played on, I guess it's called their their Miss Mr. Fitz. I played with them in Boston for No Sting, and I guess there's a an A team, I guess for them as well. We couldn't get the Mr. Fitz back together for nationals, so the guy that organizes the Misfits asked me to come play with them for a couple divisions. Nice. So I've never, I've never, unless some of the people from that team are on the Misfits, then I've never played with any of them. Gotcha. Well, I'm sure it'll be fun, and like I said, it'll be, it'll be an interesting weekend just seeing who's still around and, and who comes back and you know I, even i'm still slowly dabbling back into everything both on the plane and, and the, the podcasting space so i feel like i've got a lot of catching up to do i'm hoping that we can all I'll get a better idea of where everybody's at so if i do ask some questions that are a little outdated please bear with me but um let's go into um the other question is that is what is your number and why well i i typically use number 10 I've been 10 probably since middle school. Um, a couple of my family members had that number growing up, and it kind of just stuck with me. Um, recently, when I play softball, I can't, unless I play on a different team, there is someone else with the number 10 who has kind of like seniority over me. So I actually... I went and asked permission from 
the Cushing family to use the number 98 when I play softball. So I've been using 98 for softball. And I usually, I most of the time use 10 when I'm playing dodgeball. I don't really know if there's a significance to the number 10, but I think once one family member had it, we all kind of followed suit with that number. Just became like the the go-to. Yeah. Gotcha. And I like even numbers. I I don't like odd numbers, so I just I stick with the even numbers. <laughs> Are you one of those people that can't like if you're adjusting the volume on your TV, it has to be left on an even number? Yes. Yeah, same. I I will lose my mind if, if it's an odd number. Don't know why. Just... Like if I'm riding in the car with a friend and I see them turn the radio up and it goes to an odd number, <laughs> I'll reach over and change it. Yep. I will watch them just with so much anxiety and be like, mm, mm, you better you better change that right now. Can't can't have that. We'll all die. Something bad will happen. Just <laughs> Oh man, ticks are hilarious. Um, okay, cool. So, um, so let's let's go back to to dodgeball. So, what what got you into it? Well, it seems I can't believe I've been playing for as long as I have. I would say I've probably been playing probably ten, twelve years now. Um, I mean, I played it growing up in school before they get, I guess you can say, banned it from gym class. And I mean, I always enjoyed playing it because, I mean, who doesn't enjoy chucking balls at your friends? But um, it kind of like went away from my mind until like 10 or 12 years ago. And one of my friends was playing in a rec league in Albany and I was like, well, why why not? Let's try it out. I used to play when I was a kid. <clears throat> and then I started playing with Rob Immel and his league in Half Moon and that's where it all started, my competitive dodgeball career. And this was about, you said 10 years ago, so like 2014, 13-ish? Yeah, probably. Maybe even longer than that. Maybe 2012. I like. I honestly can't remember when I started. I think I played for like a year before he asked me to go to Vegas to play. Oh man. Yes. Okay. So the good old NDL days. Yeah. Was that um? Oh man, this is why my memory's hilarious. Was that when they did the? I think there was like maybe six teams that showed up 2013. I actually, got... I actually, I think I played the year before that too, right before all the teams left. 2012, probably. Man, those are, those are wild days. Yeah, because I think I showed up like the first year and it was kind of like, a big shock because just the competition was like a whole new level to what I was used to. And then the following year, everything just was like maybe 10 teams showed up. And that was the last time that I went to Vegas. 
yeah, it was such a crazy decline from like 2010 was when it was at its peak, and then it, like it, I guess it literally couldn't get any better because it started to decline after that. 2011, um, maybe lost like a fifth of the teams. 2012 was kind of similar, and then 2013, it's like everyone just just took off, like it was just done. And um, but it, it's crazy because I, I remember playing with Rob or against him for so long since like 2004, like the very first NDL or no 2005. So you know, I, I got this like big dopey grin on my face thinking about all the memories and and how Rob is always like such a a staple in all that. Um, did did you know him prior to dodgeball? Like how did, how did he get you into it? I actually didn't know him. Um, I know you. I think you've talked to Brett before. Brett's the one that had me come to the rec league in Albany, and then I went with him one time to play with Rob's league because I needed like. I'm like a competitive person. Like it's tough. Like I enjoy playing in rec leagues, but it's tough to like drop from competitive to rec. So it's kind of like I enjoyed playing with Rob more because there was more the competition was better. So I didn't actually meet him until I went with Brett one night and played and I I my body has never hurt so much in my entire life than the first time I ever played dodgeball at his facility. Now is this the like the indoor um like field hockey rink or um Yeah, it was like yeah. a indoor it was like an enclosed soccer field. Like it was it was like the perfect spot to play dodgeball because you didn't have to set up nets. You didn't have to chase after balls. I mean, the only downfall was, was if you didn't stop the ball, it was going right back to who just threw it at you. That's always fun. It's like when you get at a, a venue that one side has a wall and that's the side that the one team wants to be like throwing at so they can continue to get their balls back. Yep. And it's just uh, a turkey shoot at that point. You just keep wondering how much longer you can dodge before you get before you get hit. Yeah, I mean it. It was a good, it was a good spot, but that place ended up closing during COVID. It's no longer an athletic facility. I don't even know what it is anymore. Oh man, man, COVID just changed so much. Um, we we had something similar in Tucson, and. Thinking about like the parallels between us and and uh we just say like the Empire guys, um with with Rob and we had a very similar like indoor soccer rink that we play in and it was a practice field, so it was smaller but same enclosure. It's like God, we had a good den. And it was on turf, so it was even more 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 fun, I guess, less less crazy on the body. But um even even that was eventually lost to us over time. But um so it goes, I guess. Yeah, it was a, it was a perfect setup. I mean, we played forty three hours worth of dodgeball in it, so it was fun. Yeah, I was gonna ask. So, were you part of the you're part of the um, Guinness Book of World Records for that? I was. I was part of that. So I know we, I know we talked about with Rob how they got through. What was what was it like? Like, was it like playing forty three hours of of straight dodgeball? Well, I. Me, Rob, Brett, 
uh, Jeffy. I don't know if you remember Jeffy. And then Cushing all showed up at like 5 a.m. the morning we were supposed to start playing to do like a news clip. And after that, none of us like took a nap, went back to sleep. And when we started playing, I think by the time we were done, I think we figured out that we were up for almost probably close to 60 hours straight. And like after every hour, you would bank like a 15 to 20 minute break. And we kind of like banked it up so that after a certain amount of hours, we all took a break together. But I mean, some people slept, some people like me, Rob, Brett, we like, I don't think we slept the entire time because I'm like one of those people. If I fall asleep, I'm falling asleep for at least three to four hours. Like I can't just take a half hour nap because I'll feel even worse when I wake up. Yeah, I'm. Rob, Rob doesn't believe it, but I'm pretty sure he was like starting to hallucinate after a while. He was rambling gibberish. No one understood what he was saying. That's what I was gonna say. I was like, I'm, I'm trying to picture like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty run ragged after an all-day tournament i can't imagine stacking on like another day of that just and and somehow functioning i mean like how how are you towards the end were you kind of coherent hallucinating like seeing things or i mean what was it like for you to last that long i think my i think my worst thing was because I didn't sit down, like, I didn't stop moving, so my, like, I ended up putting, like, tiger bomb patches on the arches of my feet, because my feet were, like, so sore, and I, I had to be pulled the next day, because I had my mom drive me home from the venue, and she's like, do you remember stopping at Taco Bell to get something to eat? I was like, no, but did I at least eat it? Because I don't remember any of that. All I remember is waking up eventually the next day. She's like, yeah, you ate it. I'm like, well, that's good, I guess. <laughs> God, it's crazy. I, sometimes I'll think about that when I'm like tired of just you know open gym for a couple hours. But then I'm like, oh, well, there's a couple people out there in New York that played for like 40 hours. So I can make it. I think I felt, I felt worse. I don't know if you remember Toshia, the guy from Japan. Yeah, I remember him. He he came and did it with us, and I felt so bad because he didn't want to sleep, and he was like so tired that you could see him like falling asleep while he was playing. I remember. And he's uh, like, "No, no, I'm fine. I'm fine." And I'm like, "Dude, you're falling asleep while you're playing." I just picture him like falling asleep as he's like mid throw, just out. <laughs> Is he? Uh, I don't suppose you guys still keep in contact with him, do you? Rob keeps in contact with him a little more than the rest of us. Like, I'll see stuff on Facebook and comment it on from time to time. I think the last time I saw him was the World Cup in New York City. He came to that. And that was 2018, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Man, time's flying. Um, same. I'll, I'll see him on Facebook occasionally. Uh, he's probably gonna pop up now just because we're talking about him. It's just how yeah. Facebook is. Um, so let's go back to your, your first experience with dodgeball. Um, you know, you mentioned like you didn't really like your first experience playing. Can you kind of explain that a little bit? I think it's because when I first started playing, I played and it was kind of like a random pickup league, like. The, the venue that they held it at had a bar and people were like drinking while they were playing mm. and to me I mean I play in beer league softball leagues but I mean I feel like that's a little bit different than having a ball constantly thrown at you while you're drunk I guess and I think I just, it kind of threw me off a little bit because I was, like, I like to be competitive. And it kind of, it was like 20 on 20. And it's just, it was a lot of people just looking for something to do that night. Gotcha. So that, that kind of goes back to your just, your desire to be competitive and take that more seriously versus like you got hit in the face one time as a kid and now you hate it forever like different kind of reason for not liking your first experience yeah because i mean my first experience with rob league was like completely different it was like well this is awesome like i could do this every week and now i'm traveling the world playing dodgeball like that's not something a lot of people can say that they do like i never thought dodgeball was this big until i started playing it yes that must have been your um your impression when you saw you know the vegas ndl they're just like holy crap there's teams from like denmark and i think australia was still showing up like that was always my my thing it was like i can't believe how many people are out there playing dodgeball this is wild i thought it was just like a tucson thing um, yeah, it was it was crazy. I was like, I didn't realize it was so popular, just even around the United States, let alone around the world. And I was like, all these people are traveling to Vegas to play dodgeball competitively for money. <laughs> <laughs> for money, and then eventually for fun, for pride, I guess. Um, but we can probably get into some of the more um, higher elements of the competition. A few questions, but um, growing up, uh, what, what other sports did you play? Um, basketball was a big thing for me growing up. I think I started I started playing probably in third grade, and back then, I aged myself saying back then, but I always they didn't have a girls team yet, so I played with all boys and up until maybe middle school when I could start playing like school sports basketball was my thing and then when I hit middle school I had volleyball and I ended up starting to play softball and I played that throughout high school and then I played a little bit in college but basketball kind of faded out for me mid high school because my high school was kind of like 
who who did your parents know so that you could play mm-hmm. and it kind of sucked the fun right out of it for me like i had dreams of playing basketball in college and it kind of just like shattered my dreams of actually being able to do that yeah it's unfortunate um yeah i'm just kind of following along in your your answers and was was curious about the what you meant about being very political and do you think that was just because it was like small town mentality or that's just the way that that community was, was set it, up i think it had something to do with being a small town it was kind of like my parents were never like i'm going to suck up to your coach so that you get more playing time it's like if you're good enough, you will play. But unfortunately, when I was going to high school, my school was like, oh, well, this player's parents gave me a bottle of bottle of expensive wine, so I guess their daughter Gosh. should play. And I was like, but I'm better than them. Yeah, that sucks. That's, uh, I mean, kudos to your parents for not, falling into that crap and you know good old merit let, let that speak for you not bribing or, or buttering up the, yeah i mean my parents being. came to every game regardless if i played and they're kind of just like they saw it but at the same time they're like well i guess you weren't good enough to play this week and i'm like well that's not it but we'll go with that mm. That's unfortunate. Um, so you kind of put basketball aside, um, and you said you continued with softball? Softball, and I did volleyball. I played those throughout college, so it was those stuck with me. Gotcha. What, uh, what position in softball? Uh, I played first base. I still, nice. I, well, I still play first base. Nice. Nice. Usually the follow-up question is, uh, you know, what sports helped you with dodgeball and obviously softball for various throwing reasons, but you mentioned, like, the short sprints to the bases, I'm assuming, you know, for, like, the rush and just, like, the quick burst of energy here and there for dodgeball. Yeah, I mean, it did it did help. I mean, I wish over time I continued to stick with it because, I mean, as I got older and I got out of college, like, my lack of exercise I guess you could say kind of threw me off track when it came to like sprinting and stuff but when I first started I guess I could say I was kind of fast but I'm starting to like work on that a little bit more because I'm trying to better my game all around and not just focus on one aspect of the game Gotcha. Um, next question is what drew you into the, usually it's NCDA, Elite, UDC, NDL, but uh, you mentioned Rob kind of brought you in there, so I'll change the question to what was your favorite memory from that weekend, if you can recall? I would probably say I think I enjoyed because my first year I went to Vegas, they didn't really have a women's division. It kind of got thrown together. And 
I mean, there was a couple teams from Boston. I remember playing Kate Karens. I think that's how I ended. I remember Kate was getting to play against her for the first time at, in the NDL tournament. And they needed like one more team. So we kind of pulled a couple girls off other teams that weren't playing in the women's division. And we actually ended up winning. Nice. Like the team that I was on ended up winning. And I think that's like where me and Kate kind of grew a friendship because she, she always like hated throwing at me because I would always catch the ball. And that's just how she always remembers me is that I like literally caught everything. Nice. I hope we get to continue that, that legacy um, next month. Um, if I she is playing. So. Um, so going on to USA Dodgeball slash uh, Premier now, um, what what got you into that one? I guess into um, like the current state well, of competition. I, it, I don't know if it was still considered elite when I first started, because when I first started, I played. We formed like an anarchy women's team. I don't know if that was still elite though. It might have just switched over to just straight USA dodgeball. But um, my friend Mackenzie that Mackenzie used to play with me on Empire before she moved to Boston, and she asked me one year to come play. I don't. I guess it was a USA tournament. She wanted to form a women's team with a few girls, and then we brought in Ashley Cook, and we played as Anarchy Women's Team for that year. But yeah, Mackenzie got me going on that level, and then I, we switched over to Royale. We combined with the other Boston ladies, and from there, we just kept going with that. Nice. It just it was to me it was like joining that organization, it was just the way they treat people and the way that everyone just seems like a big family. It's just something I really enjoyed being a part of. Like once I joined it, I knew that I was gonna make friends for a lifetime. Nice. I like what you said in the uh, the written answer where it's, um, you know, you kind of keep to yourself. Um, it takes a while to open up to people, but you felt like these were going to be friends and you consider them family now and, you know, throwing the added element of good competition that definitely, you know, it's a great recipe to want to stick around and, and keep doing these things and keep traveling and, and putting in more, more reps and years into this crazy thing called dodgeball. Yeah, because I mean, I I started playing with the girls from Royale, and I mean, we eventually came to a point where we considered each other family. I mean, I've been to multiple of their weddings, and it's just every time I'm in Boston, we find time to visit with each other. It's just, I got great friends out of joining this organization nice definitely want everyone to experience that and 
just have something more that kind of just enriches your life a little bit um, outside of, you know, work and, and just the regular uh, regular life balance. But um, let's go into, this is interesting. So what version of Dodgeball is your favorite? Because you, I mean, you played back when 8.5 was still, it's actually like the only ball, right? Um, but Koth is your favorite now? Or has it, I guess, I mean. I mean, I guess it's kind of taken over. I think like 8.5 is always going to be my favorite. Like I got asked this question at Mackenzie's wedding by Colin and Stephen Decker. They're like, if you could pick a ball right now, what would it be? And I was like, well, I do love cloth, but 8.5 just has this different type of feeling for me because that's just, it's what I'm used to. And people are so, like, standoffish about it because it's this big rubber ball and it hurts. But it's, like, it's so much fun. Like, I played probably six or seven years with it. And one of the first couple years I played cloth was when I dislocated my thumb. Mm. Like, of all balls, it's the cloth ball. But I was fine with a 8.5 ball. I wonder why that is. Like, maybe because eight point five has a little more give, or you're just used to it. Um, like I've, I don't, I really want to change myself, but I've, I feel like I've jammed my fingers more playing with foam than ever playing eight point five. And God, I hope I don't teach myself saying that. But, <laughs> but I wonder if it's just like you're you're used to the dimensions and the diameter of a ball and the way it moves for so long. It's just hard to adapt and. Maybe that that could be why, but um, but did people say like cloth is close to eight point five now in terms of like for most throws it's like kind of linear. You're saying that the rule sets make it uh, a little more different. Um, so is it like the actual ball itself, or is it the rules, or kind of both? Like that that you start to like now. I think it's more like the the rule set. I mean, it's different because it's a lot it's different than what we're used to and it's a lot to adjust to but I feel like the game is kind of similar in a sense to 8.5 it's it's quick like it you don't have a lot of time to just sit there and stall the game because you're required to throw and you're required to throw a specific amount of balls and it kind of like it to me, it kind of makes a team kind of, I guess, know what you're doing before you're going to do it because you don't have that kind of time because of the rules that cloth have. That's going to be interesting to see because I only caught a couple of the Team USA games last year watching cloth. And I'm sure a lot of it gets like lost in translation when watching, you know, on um, on Twitch. But being able to actually go in person and watch, and I guess even try to play, um, if I have a better idea of what you're talking about in terms of like, you know, the the ebb and flow of an 8.5 game, uh, the ability to kind of come together, make a plan, make a play, versus uh, what I, what I think cloth inspires is just a little bit more run and gun. That's fair to say. Yeah, I mean, you watch. Say you watch, like, the England cloth team. 
like they they're pre- I'm probably gonna regret saying this, but they're they're a predictable team. Like if you were to sit and watch video of England, they're so they're kind of very scripted. It's very it's back and forth, back and forth. They come up, they back pedal back after the throw, and it's kind of like you if a specific person is in you know that that person is the one that's going to be throwing like if you sit there and watch their videos enough it's like all of it planned out before the game even starts and it just works for them they're a very top tier team when it comes to cloth and it's just i feel like it's so new to us that i feel like last year was kind of just a we kind of just ran through it and even though we did very well this year is going to be like we're going to be a team to look out for gotcha i'll to talk to my teammates about this just don't know like hey we need to have like some preset plans immediately at the gate otherwise we're going to get destroyed out there um some of us have played plot before but I think half the team we haven't, so we're probably going to be it's probably going to be a long day for us. But uh, definitely keep that in mind. Um, and hopefully, it didn't piss off Team England. Or I'm sure they're fine, or the UK. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, they're they're a great team. I mean, it works for them. But if you if teams like sit there and watch old videos, it's you can figure them out. I think that's like probably the case for most most teams or players if, if people watch you on film uh, I, I imagine i probably do the same thing more than i realize and i should probably maybe spend some time watching film just to have an idea of what to expect instead of just going in blind all the time but uh i don't think i like dodgeball enough to just to allocate that much time but i should probably, probably benefit from it so i remember yeah, um, but i mean england's team their claw team has played together for years like it's always a lot of the same people so it's like they're so used to playing with each other and like with the usa we're all we're spread out across the country and it's hard for all of us to get together frequently to gel like they do like we try and we do the best that we can. I I feel like this this time around is going to be different for us. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely different if you're competing on a on a, on a higher level, especially for for world. So, um, about that. So you are um you made the practice squad for cloth, right? I did. Yes. Congrats on that. Um. So I think some of the things that I realize are different is obviously. You know, you guys have, you know, an entire year to get ready right before, what was it? It's next October, I think, is when World is going to be, roughly. Or um, October, yet? yeah, I think, I know it's in Austria, but we have a, like a North American tournament in December of, I think it's December of this year in Texas. Huh, okay. So okay. I would I would assume it's like it's like Canada, Mexico, us, and I don't know who else. I think maybe Argentina. 
Well, you said North America, so I am bad at geography. Oops. <laughs> but we have like a we have a big practice in October to kind of decide on what's happening in December, and then we have that in Texas in December, and then I would assume that world is at some point next year. So I mean, we're definitely heading in the right direction we're starting early to get people more prepared yeah it's uh that's that's always been a, a challenge or you know, i normally say like a tall order but uh trying to consolidate every, everybody form that team form that cohesion get the strategy down understand the the various personalities how to get everybody to mesh uh, I mean, good luck to the the coaches and the players, but um, a lot of that is going to fall on you know how bad you want it. And the reason why I say that is because just because you're on the practice squad doesn't mean you're going to make it, right? There's going to be a tryout at some point or like a yeah. Uh, I mean, October is I guess it's kind of a tryout to see who they think can do the the tournament in December, the North American tournament i don't i don't know if that is like the set team for the rest of the time i would kind of assume that that's the route they're going but i mean the practice squad right now is not you're not necessarily on the team it's like you gotta prove yourself for the rest of the year and then come october show them what you got nice well, I remember seeing the announcements uh, come up, I believe in June, maybe early July. And then I remember like seeing on your feed, you're already swinging kettlebells, like getting ready. So that was, that's kind of cool to see. Um, I think you and I think like Glenn Spacer is like day one and it was like literally the following day. And it's like, ah, oh, yes, they're, they're getting ready. This is exciting. Um, has that kind of motivated you to um, like stay uh, you strike me as somebody that's already pretty motivated to, to work out. So I'm not going to say like that make you motivated to get back into shape. Are you like using this as fuel to, to get better? And, and now you have something to like to work towards. I think so. Cause I mean, in all, if I'm being mm -hmm. honest, like I was actually very shocked that they actually like, they picked my name again. And I think, I think I was more shocked because, I haven't really made it to a lot of tournaments this year, but I, I don't mean, I mean, I guess I made some kind of impact on the committee in some aspect. And I mean, I appreciate and I am super excited to like prove myself again. Cause I kind of feel it like it's my comeback year from my thumb incident of 2022. Yeah, I remember that. I was trying to remember if it was 2022 or uh, like you had just got selected, right? And then unfortunately had the, the injury that took you out of it. I made it all the way to Canada oh and it goodness. happened at practice the day before we were supposed to start playing. Oh, that's, that's the worst. Yeah. I think we were about a half hour into practice and we were doing like 
scenario drills and I'm backpedaling. All of a sudden, the ball hits the tip of my thumb and I look down and it's not in the position that it should be in. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah, that, that terrifies me. Just, just seeing my finger go somewhere it's not supposed to. It's like, you can't, you're not supposed to go that way. But, um, I mean, I was all ready for Alfred uh, to pull it out and tape it up and, like, Nicole. Uh, Jason was like getting her thumb braces out, like all ready to go, and he couldn't. It was stuck in there pretty good. Ugh. Like he couldn't get it out. I sat in the Canadian emergency room for I think almost eight hours before they were like trying to find a room for me to like sedate me to pull it out, and I was like. I've been sitting here in pain for eight hours. Just yank it. Just do it already. Like, I'm over it. <laughs> do they sedate you to, to put it back in, or do they just... They, like, I guess what they call it freezing it. They stuck a couple needles in there, so I couldn't really feel it. All I felt was the pressure. Because mm. I was kind of like, well, when's the next available room? And they're like, oh, well, I don't know. I'm like, well, put me somewhere... And have someone yank on it because I'm sick of sitting here. Like, you haven't even asked if I wanted ice or something to relieve the pain. Yikes. Well, <clears throat> yeah, hopefully this is definitely, uh, I, don't, I don't know, I want to say like redemption year or second chance, but this is a chance for you to, to prove yourself and you got a lot of time to, to get out there and... Um, you know, not let that be your last memory with Team USA, hopefully, right? So um, I just want to stop talking about injured fingers and really jinxing myself here. Um, <laughs> uh, I think one thing that, because I was looking at, you know, what is your style of play? Um, you said you've always been like a big catcher. You're the, the type of person that will catch one ball when you have one other in your hand. But I think what the scouts may have noticed was just, um, you know, if you have somebody that has a stronger arm, you're going to go ahead and give that to that person. So you have that, like that teamwork cohesion um, element that I feel like, um, you know, is big when it, when it comes time to play on the national or on the world stage. It's like, you need to make sure that, you know, whoever shows up in that lineup next to you is somebody you can mesh with. So that could be a big reason, but um, I mean, I'm sure we'll find out. Um, in the coming months, what what you bring to the table. Um, one question I did want to get to is uh, who or whom do you model your play after? I mean, I don't know if I've really ever tried to model my play after anyone. I've kind of just um, just done what I have felt that I'm good at. I mean, I've always admired Patrick Cushing, I mean, he was just, he was an all-around, like, amazing player. Like, he was just good at all of it. Like, the dodging that he would do, like, he literally could catch anything. I'm like, he was a, he was a tiny guy, but he could throw some heat. And I was like, I like, I think in a sense, I kind of hoped to be half of what he was. And I think I'm trying, like, this year, I'm focusing more on expanding my game, like, to kind of be an all-around player, not just be known as, oh, she catches everything, don't throw at her. And I kind of want to be good at, like, the dodging aspect or 
being more accurate with my throwing and it's just I don't I don't want to be known as just one thing like I want to improve my game all around like I want to be an asset in more than just one area nice that's the way to be um I'd ask what is your favorite type of ball kind of talked about 8.5 um you'd said it will always have a place in your heart um, and I think that's just fair to say for anybody that started with a specific type of ball uh, growing up. However, 8.5 is the correct ball. Always will be. Always has been. <laughs> I will go back on my word sometimes. I, I'm accepting foam, but uh, like you, yeah, I, I, even though playing 8.5 is so foreign to me now, it's always gonna. I'm always gonna think dodgeball and that wonderful double ply. 8.5 ball that that was just those are the best times but um kind of going to another role model type question um did you have any role models growing up um i would have to probably say my dad like i didn't i didn't come from like a family who had everything growing up like we always we worked for everything we had and he always he showed me what hard work and determination can get you it's just you got to work for what you want and if you fail you come back and you keep fighting and you try to come back even stronger and I think over the years I think the biggest thing was the day that he told me he was proud of me because it was the day that I made the USA team. And he's like, well, see what happens when you work your ass off. And that's what happens. You're rewarded for your hard work. Nice. Yeah, that, that makes sense, especially with not wanting to, you know, uh, suck up to coaches to get you to, to play. Just, again, going back to the whole based on merit and hard work thing. Um, that's awesome. Um, what about superhero or influential character? I think well, growing up, I was like, I was always a Superman fan, but I think as I got older, like I got introduced to Wonder Woman, and she's just a badass chick, and that's what I strive to be every day. Real quick, I have to ask which which Superman, um, or just Superman in general. I think just Superman in general. I don't get that much into like that stuff, like specific actor that played Superman. Yeah, I think just Superman in general. Well, same question with Wonder Woman. Were you introduced to her with um, the most recent Wonder Woman movies, or just uh, like her as a character overall? It was it was probably the more recent ones, but it was mostly just just the character she portrayed is just I I like to be considered strong and that's what I hope to keep doing every day. Nice. We're trying to real quick Google. Linda Carter, because I think she was born in Globe, Arizona, and that was like one of our. Ah, oh, she was born in Phoenix, but she lived in Globe. 
I think. I'm completely going off a, a tangent here. But I remember like driving through Globe on one of our many family tours up north, and my mom's like, oh, this is where Wonder Woman was born. I was like, really? Like the Wonder Woman? And she, she met the actress that played um, like the 60s, 70s Wonder Woman. And yeah. I was like super impressed by that because she, she has some Arizona roots, which is cool. But um, I'm trying to remember. Um, I haven't. Did you watch 1984? I have not. Yeah, I saw the first one. Um, but I didn't see any of the sequels. That's one thing I've been meaning to, to get to, but um, I, I, I really like uh, Gal Gadot's like, portrayal of her. Um, she seems pretty awesome. Um, but I just asked about the Superman because I'm a Henry Cavill fan. He's awesome. <laughs> anyway, man crush. Uh, all right, so kind of uh, changing the tone just a little bit. Um, I have a question. What was the most difficult moment you've overcome and it's dodgeball or life. And it looks like he answered both. So I'll, I'll let you just take that one um, from the beginning. So, Well, I guess I'll, I'll start with dodgeball first. And I think something I had to overcome, it was about like five years ago, I dislocated my shoulder. And I ended up having surgery on it. And I guess... In a sense, it never really fully fixed it. So, like, over the years, I've kind of had to adjust my throwing style. Because, like, when I played softball, obviously, you throw overhand. And after I dislocated my shoulder, that motion for me kind of disappeared. Like, throwing overhand was painful. So, I kind of, like, adjusted to, like, kind of like a sidearm to relieve that pain and um I've done I've had to do like a lot of strength training so that I didn't fully lose a lot of my power but I think just it kind of that happening kind of like it took a lot out of me because I did have a decent throw when I first started and dislocating my shoulder kind of took that away from me and like my friend Cushing always used to say he's like you did lose a lot I mean I wouldn't say a lot but he did notice like the power behind my throw was different until I finally got my throw adjusted and it started to come back and then obviously when my thumb got dislocated, I've kind of been a little hesitant, like, for it happening again, because I know that it is possible, because there is that, like, obviously the joint is not what it used to be, but I have done a lot of, like, grip work, and it's been slowly getting better, and the last time I played, it actually did really well. But um, as far as life, I guess I kind of had a a year from hell last year. Well, I you know about four or five years ago. Obviously, a lot of people know that we lost Cushing in that limo accident, which was a big hit to me, and that took a lot to come back from, but. 
Um, last year was probably one of the toughest in my life since then. Um, my mom was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in November of 2021. And by that time, it was it was just too late. Like pancreatic cancer is not, it's always something you catch too late. And um, she ended up coming home on hospice. I took a leave of absence from work to take care of her. They gave her a when she left the hospital and came home, they gave her like a couple weeks to live and she ended up fighting for three months. She passed in February of 2022 and I mean, no one ever expects to lose their mom when she's only 63 years old. Like it was definitely a big hit for me, especially after taking care of her for so long. and like a couple months after that I went through a breakup like it absolutely crushed me especially after losing my mom but it wasn't until probably four months after my mom passed that life came back and slapped me right in the face again and I think it was right before I was supposed to go back to Denver for a USA practice when I got the, that infamous knock on the door that no one wants to get. And I was being told my brother passed away from an overdose. And I guess it just, it kind of makes you learn that life's too short like I started going in a gym every day changing how I lived my life how I ate I was like the gym is just it's become my safe place it keeps me mentally stable I guess you can say and just kind of focusing on my physical and mental health over this past year it's gotten me through every day and I think being selected for the practice team again has kind of given me that second chance to prove myself and that someone's up there giving me another chance. Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, sorry, you know, to hear all that and, um, thanks for sharing that. Um, that I remember seeing, you know, some, some of your posts and, um, you know, I, I did see the one where, um, you had mentioned that your brother had passed and I just remember thinking like, man, when's this poor one going to get like a chance or like a break just, uh, cause it just seems like there's always like just wave after wave of, um, you know, not good things happening to you. Um, and if it means anything, one of the things I, I did notice, like, you know, sound like a creeper but like watching on the timelines on facebook it's like i mean you strike me as one of the most like resilient people i know and this is why i kind of had you on on my list last year with someone that i wanted to kind of touch base with and and talk to and you know we kind of kind of talked a little bit um in the og podcast a couple years ago um but you'd always been someone in the back of my mind like i really want to get to know her a little bit more um that, that is a lot for anybody to go through though and um I mean, it's, it's, I'm, I'm glad you have like a, a place to go to the gym and it, if it means anything, you can kind of see it out here. Um, 
that that you're just kind of doing the best you can and and if it means anything like i just feel like you're handling it really well and not letting it bring you down um that, that is an awful lot uh yeah, I mean, I obviously I have my days here and there, but I mean, I have my dad still here. Right before my mom passed, she bought us a dog. I didn't think it was the best idea when she did it, but now that time has passed, it was kind of like now we know why she did it. Mm-hmm. Like she made that decision because I mean, our dog is fantastic like she gets me and my dad through every day mostly my dad like I think my mom did it mostly for my dad because she just I think she knew that I'm not the one that's gonna have to be worried about like I can make it through like my dad's not good in situations like that and obviously now he's completely by himself. He's had to like relearn how to do life. Like he had, I had to teach him how to do laundry at 65 years old because my mom always did it for him. Mm. Like, and then he loses my brother, which is basically his best friend. Like, like I worry more about my dad than I worry about myself. Like I have, like the support group of my friends and going to the gym and my dad he I mean he has his friends but like all he does is he go if he didn't have the dog he wouldn't have a reason to come home at the end of the day well it's definitely good he's, he's got you to, to help him out and um you know just kind of like you said just lean you having the ability to, to lean on your friends and, and find those things that that will will get you going and um you know with with um with patrick one of the things that i really admired about um you guys you and robin and brett was just how you kept his memory alive and how you keep his memory alive um you know i, I was very honored to be able to talk to rob about him um, a couple of years ago in the, um, that episode where we were having the, the 98 beer, um, that Brett sent me, um, it was so cool. Um, he, he like got me two cans, um, wrapped in this like really cool styrofoam insulated wrap. And, um, I just remember saving it for when me and Rob can talk together and it was, it was a really cool memory. And, um, I just remember just, again, just being very, um, I don't even know what the word is. Uh, I just feel like the love between uh, you guys, uh, that connection, and it, w- it was cool to experience even just a small part of that. But um, I guess we can kind of go back to some dodgeball questions and um, maybe inject some humor here, thanks to Mark Hill. Um, <laughs> but first, we'll go with uh, pregame rituals because those are those are my favorite questions. Like, what, like, what do people do to get ready to get in the right? mindset or headspace to, to, to play dodgeball. So um you say it's kinda of boring, but but what is it? I mean it I mean to me, I guess to me it's kind of boring. I mean I don't really 
like I mean the night before like I literally I make a like a list of everything that I need so I don't forget it and I'll, I'll literally go through it like five times like I set everything out make sure it's all there put it in my bag and like I'll get I'll get to the venue I'll throw my airpods in I start stretching and getting warmed up I'll get the tape on my fingers start to kind of clear my mind of any negative like negativity I got going on in there and then I'll just I'll start throwing a little to get my shoulder moving and warmed up and making sure I'm set with like water and Gatorade and I learned the hard way to come prepared so that I don't cramp because I had my hand cramped during like the playoffs during one tournament and I was like this is absolutely horrible like I can't ungrip my hand because it's just cramped in that position that's such a wild feeling I I didn't know cramping was a thing until a couple years ago and you're just like what is my body doing it's just like locking up and you just like start freaking out um I don't know if you've ever heard or tried pickle juice to help with that. Have you ever? Uh, I have not heard that, but it sounds amazing. It is. I love pickles. Then um, please try it during nationals. And I apologize to anyone that's near me because I'm going to be drinking that in the gallons. <laughs> uh, but um, that was something that one of my uncles uh, suggested to me a long time ago because I, I told him, like, hey, you know, Uncle, Uncle Vic, I'm... I'm old now, uh, so you know how do you guys play softball every single Sunday after drinking all night? Not not that I do that, but I just like you guys are able to still function. So what's your secret? He's like, well, nephew, pickle juice. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, just just sip on pickle juice. Uh, all the I don't know whatever's in the contents uh, supposed to help. And um, I think Nationals last year is probably the exception because I was just so out of shape. But ever since then, cramping has been very very rare, if not completely reduced. So um, get like the spear ones and just snack on those. But yeah, I've, I've started seeing other people use that too. So I think it's like a, like a, what do you call it? Um, like a, like a home remedy, but, uh, yeah, if you love them, give, give it, give it a shot. Maybe that'll, that'll help because cramps are no fun. It's, uh, that's not going to have to do that. Yep. And then if I'm wrong, let me know. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I'll be, <laughs> that's what I'll be using. Um, so one of the staple questions Markel asks is, uh, what's what's the song that amps you up for a dodgeball game? The first song, so I made a playlist for when I'm like starting to get warmed up. And the first song that I listen to every single time is Born for Greatness by Papa Roach. It just, it sets, it gets my mind clear, gets me going and it's just I know once I hear that song that I'm ready to go so I don't think I've heard that one I'll have to listen to that in my dodgeball tonight um, is that your favorite Pop, uh, Papa Roach song Papa Roach song yeah looking at the lyrics here there's what's the song that I like from them saw it in a anime music video a very long time ago I was like who is this this is amazing and Sauce Papa Roach was like oh okay um, 
Let's just take me. Um, oh man, it's, like, it's just a story of a broken soul. I can't stop myself. Stop saying this is just me. <laughs> man, I'm sorry, whoever's listening. I, I, it'll come back to me like in the middle of the night, and I'll send you a message. But um, th- <laughs> there are some pretty cool Pavarotti songs that I like. Um, have you ever seen the one with uh, Jet Li? I think, I think so. Ah, dang it! Here we go again. Oh my gosh. Um, There's a song where Jet Li's fighting Jet Li, and it's, I mean, high, the highest of like the late '90s kung fu. Uh, Blood Brothers, that that's one. I love that song. Um, all right, I'm gonna go on a little Papa Roach binge after this. <laughs> um, spirit people, my my weird Google searches in the middle of the podcast, but um, okay, well, Markel, and I'm probably gonna make this just a staple question now because I I feel like he's gonna ask it every chance he gets. But he asks, "How do you feel about the Dallas Cowboys? Do they suck?" and uh, I was I was very sad to see that you laughed at that. So I absolutely hate the Dallas Cowboys. I'm a Giants fan, so I don't like the I don't like the Eagles either. But like I have an ongoing feud with one of my really good friends about the Dallas Cowboys. Like my brother was a Dallas Cowboys fan. Like our house when the Giants and the Cowboys played <laughs> must was have been fun. Quite entertaining to say the least. He he pulled a prank on me one time. I wouldn't really call it a prank, but he had like it's a it was like Cowboys Drive. It was like a plate, and he put it over the like he came to my apartment and like put it over the door of where I walk in. It just said Cowboys Drive, and I was like, "You gotta be kidding me! (laughs) This is horrible." Why? I mean, okay. I get their division rivals, but I mean, they they don't deserve the hate they got. The Eagles, absolutely, they're terrible people, terrible football team, <laughs> awful organization. Well, their, their fans are a lot. They, I yeah. mean, they practically destroyed their city when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Markel's not a terrible person. Take that back, just for him alone. But every other Eagles fan out there is just, oh God, ugh. <laughs> I, I cringe every time. I see them play and, and just watching, um, oh, there's a new quarterback. Um, I want to hate that guy so much because he's so dang good. And I remember watching him play a, a, a non, like this, the game did not mean anything. And, uh, I saw him, I was like, oh no, this is going to be a terrible year for the Cowboys, but it's going to be a great, uh, year for the Eagles. And sure enough, um, yeah, Jalen Hurts, that guy is, I hate that man. And apparently he's a really good dude too. Like, there's really nothing bad to say about him, but I hate him so much. All of them. Uh, thanks, Michael. You got me angry. But um, I think the only thing I ever enjoyed about the Eagles was when Nick Foles beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you're right. That was, I was. That was great. I was rooting for Nick Foles. I was not rooting for the Eagles. I, that Philly special was one of the coolest things I ever got to see happen in real time. But Nick Foles came from the University of Arizona, so that's why. That's the only time I rooted for the Eagles. Um, but every other time, I'm just like, can this can can the football game just get canceled? Like, I, I don't want a catastrophe to happen, but like, I, I don't want them to play anymore. Just like make them go away. 
Ah, Markel. Anyway, um, he also asked, can I get a Rabbi Royale jersey? I mean, I have, I do have a few. I don't know what his size is, but I'll, I'll make sure that I, I bring them with me to Nationals if he's going to be there. If he is, he better wear some shorts. I don't know how the man owns like over 150 jerseys, but no shorts. And that is, uh, a little inside joke, but um, Markel, I, I got to think of a really good bet because he he made my day. Like he posted on my wall, um, him wearing the Cowboys jersey the one time Cowboys beat the Eagles in my favor, and it was man that that'll that'll pull me out of dark spots just watching <laughs> seeing that picture. So I need something similar to that. But um, anyway, um, back to dodgeball. Um, what would you like to see improved or done for dodgeball in general, just like your own opinion? I think the biggest thing is just, like, I'm kind of sick of the, there's two USA organizations. Like, we don't need two. We only need one. Like, I don't feel like we're going to get to where we want to be when there's, like, these two feuding bodies to try to make dodgeball into more than what it is. Like, I would like to see it as an Olympic sport, but I feel like if, if we don't come to terms with, like, one organization, I don't know if that's, like, a possibility down the road. I hope it is. It would be fun to like see it being played on the Olympics I mean I don't think I'll still be playing when that happens but I think that's like one of the biggest things it's just like this ongoing thing and it just needs to end yeah easier said than done um, it's, it's, it feels weird saying that based on some of my experience from last year, but just watching the NDL and the NDA at the time, not not the new NDA, but this previous one, and World Dodgeball Society, which at that point was Los Angeles Dodgeball Society, and I mean, there was just like constant fighting over who could do better, and for the time, you know, the NDL won, for lack of better words, but they, in my opinion, just stopped listening to the players, and that bred elite and so it looked like Elite was the one that was going to be the, the reigning champion. And you still have like these competing organizations. It's like, man, you really need to just kind of consolidate and make one giant effort. And you, at least, for, and I say you as in like, I, I realized it was even happening on the world stage with um, uh, WDBF and WDA. And um, yeah, I mean, I agree. It's, it definitely doesn't help. But um, you kind of fed into the next question on, as to like where do you think it'll go and you said you'd like for it to become an Olympic sport um, I think it's possible I mean I've, I've definitely seen some weird stuff show up on TV like um, I was watching like the Pogo Stick Champions Championships on ESPN I mean, there's, like, there's Ping Kong like, yeah I mean the Ocho is back it is oh that's why okay I okay. did see that that makes some sense because I was literally watching in a bar in Oregon. I was watching freaking Pogo Stick Championships. I was like, what the, 
what the heck is this? Like, how is this on TV <laughs> on a on a Saturday night? Like, I don't it does not register. And then um, okay, but but it kind of does. Like, oh, that must have been part of the Ocho because uh, I, I don't know how else that would ever show up on TV on a primetime slot in the West. Um, but I have seen like you know the Yo-Yo Championships. I'm like, come on, man! Like, get dodgeball on there already. But um, I don't know. Hopefully, there's something is going to happen. It's, it's so the right person is going to see the right dodgeball clip, and they're going to want to help elevate this thing. Or maybe it's just a couple more years of refinement with uh, USA Dodgeball. And um, I, I think in our lifetime we'll see it. But kind of like you, I don't think we'll. At least I won't be playing when that happens. But uh, I definitely know that there's a lot of. Uh, potential out there especially when you look on the world stage how many countries do play dodgeball and incorporate into their into their school curriculum so um let's go to some questions about you um as we kind of slowly wrap this up but um what would you say your career highlight currently is um i would actually i ha- i would have to say when i was asked to try out for Team USA and then like I I actually made it like I didn't think I was on that level until given that opportunity nice hopefully it's uh, <clears throat> you know say at this time because I'm, I'm sure there's going to be more down the road and um, we'll see what, what the next couple months bring um, what do you want to achieve in dodgeball? I think I've, I don't know. I think I've achieved quite a bit when it comes to dodgeball. Like I've played in Vegas. I've played internationally. I've broken a world record. I've been a part of being at the highest level that you can possibly get when it comes to dodgeball and that's being part of team usa and being able to represent your country i'm like i just know that all the effort that i put in isn't going unnoticed like i've achieved what i've wanted to accomplish when it comes to this sport and I think this year I'm more determined than ever to finish what I started last year. I just got put on hold for a little while. And it's like people have like always looked at me weird when they find out that I play, I guess you can say, semi-professional dodgeball. They like they like look at me funny or they they make fun of me or they call me like a bully and I'm like, have you ever like physically watched competitive dodgeball? Because that's not what it is at all. It's like there's so much strategy and just like the physical activity you get from it is just different than other sports. It's like you have to use so much of your body you have to mentally be able to figure things out. There's so much strategy involved and 
like trying to explain that to someone that doesn't know anything and ends up calling it volleyball. That's the worst. How many times people say, oh, how's volleyball going? Like, well, I don't play that anymore. Yeah, that's that's my parents. Um, I mean, I so do, do you get upset when people say like, oh, like the movie or. Oh, I get like, I get that all the time, but I think I've reached a point where people know not to say it. Hmm. I'm like, well, how many times have you watched the movie? And I'm like, maybe three. Like, I don't. It's not a movie I watch frequently. <laughs> yeah, I um, I at some point I just realized like, oh, people are just trying to like connect with me with that. Like, they don't know dodgeball in the sense of USA Dodgeball, Elite Dodgeball, Premier Dodgeball, NDL. They just know they hear dodgeball, they think Vince Vaughn and Ben Stiller. I'm like, okay, they're they're just trying to maintain a conversation and yeah i may get a little silly but okay yeah it's, it's kind of like a movie yeah, that's that's kind of how i see it but my parents i swear to god like i've been playing for 20 years and i'm their own son i am their own flesh and blood and they ask how's volleyball going and i'm like <laughs> are you freaking kidding this is why i don't talk to you guys you never you probably still think i'm in the navy even though i never was in the navy at all like i yeah maybe i knew it okay this c4 energy drink is kicking in i'm getting a little <laughs> <laughs> a little rattled here. Um, back to the questions. Um, what does uh, actually? I didn't know. I wrote this down. Did you play in the Outcast tournaments in Germany? With um, I played in the 2017 one. Where was that at? Six, Sixteen or seventeen? Um, I it was. It was shortly after I played in England because that's how the guy that runs that team met me was when we played a World Cup in England. Gotcha. Um, was it was that a beach one, or? Yeah, they like that. They shut like the entire town down for this tournament. Like yeah. they take. They bring in so much sand. Like, it's not a beach. They bring the sand in. And they just, they set it up in a, like, a field outside a airstrip. And they set up, like, three beach dodgeball courts. There's stands. There's food trucks. There's, like, two different stages with DJs on it. It's It's absolutely insane. Yeah, I remember. I think yeah, my my second interview ever with Rob, he he mentioned that, and he was just selling me hard on that. It, it just sounded like an amazing experience because uh, yeah, he, he kind of described just like you did. Um, somehow they make it look like a beach, even though it, there's no land or sea anywhere, and um, it's just like a great time. And there's like tons of teams, and um, I'm trying to think of who is it Emmanuel that that ran. Outcast. Yeah, he's from uh, Singapore. He's yeah. actually, I think it's happening again. I don't know if it's this weekend or next weekend. No, that's too soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was gonna make that my. Uh, that is an experience like that is on my bucket list of things that I would like to do. 
if I ever actually retire, uh, which I keep saying is going to be soon, but like I've always wanted to do something like that. And I keep thinking there's so much time, but uh, dang it. Cause yeah, it's, it, it's definitely, I am glad that I did it. It was, it was so much fun. Like it was, just, it was, it's, it's an experience. That's for sure. Like we slept in tents for like so three cool. days and we ended up winning that tournament. Yeah, I'm on his Facebook right now, Papa Wolf Outcasts. I think I see you tagged in some of these um, posts. It's 2017. Yeah, he was trying to get me to go again this year, but it was just it wasn't feasible this year. Oh, man. Well, I hope it's still going. I, I remember maybe, I'm just remembering it wrong, but I remember saying, like, this is the last one. Like, no, like there needs to be more time for me to get out there but um okay so yeah sorry when you, when you said that you you accomplished a lot <clears throat> that that's what spawned that so a little little sidetrack there um all right so what what does life what does life look like post Oswald for you um it's like i don't even know if there's a life after dodgeball <laughs> like dodgeball has been my life for so long <laughs> Like, I mean, I hope I get to go when I decide that I don't want to play competitively anymore. I hope that, like, I go out on a positive note. Like, know that I've achieved. I mean, I think I have achieved mostly everything that I've wanted to other than hopefully winning gold. That is like, that would be, that would be the icing on my cake is winning gold at Worlds. And being able to finally take a vacation that doesn't consist of me playing dodgeball. Yeah, I saw that in your response. <laughs> yeah, I've taken a few small little breaks in there, and I'm, it's it's weird. Mike, I feel like there's something I should be doing right now instead of just relaxing. This is this is bizarre and foreign to me. Um. Yeah, hopefully, uh, yeah, like, like I said earlier, hopefully we get to see you move and progress past the practice squad and and kind of get, um, you know, last year back, so to speak. Um, so I kind of stole this from another podcast. I forgot which one it was. Um, and it was just so happy to happenstance that came up on my YouTube feed. I like the guest. Um, <clears throat> and the guy has this really cool, like, um, tradition where he, gets a question from the previous guest that they have no idea who's going to be on. They just like say, Hey, ask a question for the next guest. So, uh, this came from Casey Salamone. Um, I ended up having a messenger for this one because I recorded that episode like months ago. Um, and she, I guess gave us a bonus. So the first question was, what is your thought process when it's down to you and multiple others, like a one V two, one V three, one V four. Um, I mean, I guess it's, I mean, I've had it happen a couple of times. I mean, most time, I feel like lately I'm kind of like that first target for teams. Like they don't want to keep me in last because they know that I'll make those clutch catches at the end to keep a game going. But 
like there's a couple of times where I've gotten down where it's just myself and I kind of just like try to quickly regroup and like think to myself like what do I know about these players can I bait them into like throwing a catch and I need to be like I need to not like go crazy and gas myself out right away and and it's kind of like um I'm I am one of those players that will probably literally sit there and wait for someone to throw at me and go for the catch like that's just my initial thinking thought process when it comes to being the last one in I was like I need a catch to help bring someone back in gotcha. so but I think she had a bonus part to that question I think yeah so for the most part though it's like you're methodical you're going to force the other players to play your game what you're comfortable with and stick to the strategy that you want and not try to overextend yourself or make a mistake too early yeah, because I know, like, like throwing's not my strongest asset currently. Like, catching is my thing. And, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to throw a catch. So, I would basically, I would obviously get, well, in cloth, you have to make what looks like an attempt at a throw. Otherwise, you get called out. So, in those situations with cloth it's kind of hard because you can't just roll a ball back like you can do in other ball types so you kind of have to make the effort at a throw to make it look like one but i i a lot of the time will sit back and wait for someone to throw at me Gotcha. Um, the I was actually going to ask you this question myself. I was pretty uh, pretty surprised that this came as Casey's bonus, and that is, um, what was a moment where you may have lost some motivation for playing, if any, and what brought you back to a good place? I think back when we lost Cushing, I think we kind of all lost some motivation to play um it just it wasn't the same without him and then I kind of got and I kind of like I think it was more because I would get that text from him when like he knew I was going to a tournament he would like send that motivational text mm-hmm. and just be the cushing that cushing is and like when we lost him and those texts stopped coming in it was kind of like why play anymore like my biggest cheerleader isn't here anymore and that was kind of when empire kind of faded out too and because it's just empire is not empire without all of us so it was definitely hard to play without him. But then it was actually nice because when I joined up with Royale, they 
put a 98 with a crown on our jerseys and it was kind of like he was there with me when I was playing so it kind of like every time I stepped on the court I was playing for him and he was kind of there with me at the same time nice and I like what you said about you know he would he'd want you to keep playing too I'm sure um yeah, like I said, I, I probably can't ever say this enough. I I am just um very, very um in awe of how well you guys honor his memory and um I don't I don't think I've ever actually had the chance to like physically interact with him. I may maybe cross paths if you ever went to the NDL, but you know, he really seems like he was an amazing person. Um to to still, you know, hear you guys talk about him with such uh, reverence, um constantly. Like it, it's never changed. Um but um no, that's that's good motivation to to get back out there. Um I'm not sure if I'll air this piece, um, but what is your question for the next guest? Um don't know who it is, so kinda of just throwing out a question in the dark to whoever gets this one. Yeah, I mean I kind of struggled with like coming up with a question, but <laughs> I mean I I always think like towards the future, so it's kind of like if there's if there's something you can say to like the upcoming new players like coming in the dodgeball, what would you say to keep them coming back and not get discouraged because they're not as good as everyone else? That's a good one. I might steal that and make that a staple question because, um, you know, I, I feel kind of weird asking, uh, you know, how would you improve dodgeball or, or what one thing you would change? Because I, I hope that if anybody's listening to this on the board member side or anybody that's like a league owner, they don't like cringe and consider this like a, a, a critique at them, so to speak. It's just, I'm just curious, like if, if we had our way, what would, what would we fix and how and why? But I, I definitely think one of this one of the biggest things we have an issue with is retention. And so to be able to kinda get some insight on someone, whether it's a longtime player or a newbie, whoever comes up in the queue next, um I'm gonna be curious to see how they answer that one. But that's definitely a, a good question. And I'm totally writing staple question here in my notes. <clears throat> Speaking of, um Papa Roach is Take Me. That is the name of the song. So <laughs> it just popped up right now, so all right, I can finally put that to rest. Definitely will listen to it in the way dodgeball, as I said earlier. And um, last thing I have for you is not so much a question, but shout-outs. Um, how do you want to wrap this up? Who do you shout-out? Um, I guess I want to I shout-out my Royale ladies that um still keep in touch. We're still best of friends. Uh, my guys from Empire Dodgeball who gave me my start of my crazy dodgeball career uh my friends and family who keep me going every day and i guess i will see everyone at nationals awesome well i know i'm very socially awkward in person but i'll definitely make my way out to you and say hello and um appreciate your time and yeah i think uh i look forward to seeing the nationals as well and we'll go ahead and end the interview here Force kicking in. Pretty fierce. Closing. 
closing in three, two, one. Alrighty, so I finally got to check off another one on my list of people that I never got to last year. And uh, Michelle, thank you so much for, for being willing to hop on and uh, for bearing with me because we probably had to reschedule three times. This is Wednesday. Um, we thought we were going to do this on Monday. All right, so that was my interview with Michelle Bradley. And Michelle, thank you so much for, for hopping on, for uh, rescheduling um, and kind of, I guess, catering to, to my schedule. Uh, I know we were supposed to do this on Monday. It's now Wednesday, but I really appreciate the flexibility there. And I really appreciate your patience when I was dealing with some of the uh, technical issues that uh, you would think after doing this for so long, I would I would know exactly which presets to use. But um, I'm definitely a set and forget it type person, so my bad. But um, the one thing I do want to really... Um, thank you for as well is just, you know, being, being open. Um, as I said, you know, you, you strike me as a very resilient person, um, that, you know, has dealt with a lot of life just coming your way. And it's, it's very inspiring. And it always has been inspiring to see you, uh, you know, continue to pick yourself up and continue to get after it. And, um, you know, I, I do, I really appreciate people that, that can do that because I, it, I, I tend to borrow from that myself. So, um, thank you for that. And, um, yeah, I just want to give a quick shout out to to Brad and Rob. If you guys are listening to this, um, you know, I really, I don't even know what the words are, but I'm I'm very, um, I almost want to say envious, but I, I really love you guys for how you give respect to Patrick Cushing, um, even after all this time. Uh, the fact that this 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 man is still relevant and still pops up in some conversations and still shows up on my feed just shows the uh, the bond that you guys had. And I really think that's that's a staple of what friendship should be, and that is definitely an amazing um, byproduct of of dodgeball of the community. And um, you know, I, I know I haven't seen Rob in a while. Um, I, I never actually met Brett, but uh, being able to have that beer, you know, a couple of years ago because I did release him to the the ninety eight forever episode was an incredible experience. And um, you know, I, I just look forward to the next one. And um, you know, this podcast is my attempt to kind of stay in touch with people. And, and bring our stories to to those that have never met us. So um, thank you for the opportunity, Michelle. And um, you know, we'll see you at Nationals. And for everybody else, have a great uh, rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, a great weekend. And I'll see some of you guys pretty soon. And then also thank you so much for your patience while I had some ironically, um, uh, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm having personal issues. <clears throat> Just again, like we've done this before in three, two.